I'm James Broman, and you're listening to the Faraway Farm Boy podcast. Thanks for joining me today. This is the Faraway Farm Boy podcast, and I'm your host, Dustin. Before I introduce my guest, I'd like to give a shout out to my sponsors. This podcast is made possible by Livestock Veterinary Services in Pitcher Butte, Alberta. Livestock Veterinary Services provides a wide range of services for livestock, including dairy herd management, cow-calf herd management, advanced reproduction services, medicine and surgery, and many more. If you're ready to see their expert veterinary team, call Livestock Vet Services today at 403-732-5322 or make an appointment at livestockvet.ca. This podcast is sponsored by Trow Nutrition. As leaders in animal nutrition, Trow Nutrition prides themselves in working with Canadian dairy farmers. Trow understands the importance of bringing innovative nutritional solutions to your operations to maximize herd efficiency. Call your nearest Trow Nutrition location today to learn more about their innovative calf nutrition program. This podcast is also sponsored by Chinook Dairy Service. Did you know that Chinook Dairy Service can fine-tune and optimize the performance of all brands of milking equipment? Call Chinook for a free milking system evaluation today. Today's guest is a dairy farmer from Iron Springs, Alberta. He is a new entrant to the dairy industry and has had great success in his first couple years of farming. Please welcome James Brillman. James, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. So um, let's go into your story. How did you uh, grow up? Where did you grow up? Uh, Iron Springs, uh, a half hour out of Lethbridge there. Uh, my dad's just a crop farmer, so we grew up doing that, I guess. And then when I was 13, I started working for the neighbor on the dairy. Okay. And Your dad uh, came over from Holland? Or? My dad immigrated when he was 20 or so, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he immigrated, yeah, by himself. And his sister was here, so that's how we ended up in this area. Oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, so we yeah, grew up on the farm, I guess, but never really in dairy. But then as a, you know, after school job when I was 13, I started working for the neighbor, you know, helping with milking chores, whatever. Oh, yeah. Summertime work. And then, uh, how big was that farm? Was that's, that well, that's the farm where we bought. Oh, okay. And that's where we're at now, yeah. So okay. he was always milking 120 cows or so. Yeah. Oh yeah. Huh. And then you kind of uh you got a family, you grew up, got married. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah, so I worked there for I don't know, 4 years or so and then I quit and then I went to a different dairy. Okay. For a couple of years and then actually my wife, well, girlfriend at the time was uh needed a job out of school, so she Started working at the dairy where I started. Hmm. So then I ended up going back there full time. And then we worked there together for a few years. And who's and that? Then, uh, it was Hybrex. Okay. Yoss Hybrex by Iron Springs. 
Okay, yeah, I think I've yeah. heard of him or something, yeah. So, and then she, well, she's a, an RN, so she went. Oh, cool. Ended up, whatever. It was kind of her job during school, I guess. Yeah. And then she went on to nursing. And then, uh, yeah, and then my dad helped us out buy a, to buy a different farm uh, a few miles down the road. It was a small feedlot. So we did that for about five years. I just custom fed 500 head. Okay. Backgrounded for the for the winter. And How old were you then? Uh, I was 20, 22 or so. Okay. 21, yeah. 22. So did that for five years and then, yeah, wanted something more, I guess, something more for the, the whole family could be involved in, I guess. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we approached the guy with the farm, with the dairy, and made a deal. And here we are. Right on. And did you get in through the new entrant program yeah. too? Yeah, I'm okay. a new entrant. So how yeah. did that process go? Uh, it's a lot of paperwork, a lot of figuring. Cause I, I know, but maybe people don't understand like how that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it. I don't think you really apply unless you, you're quite serious about it because right. you got your business plans and you know, you got to get bank approval and there's a lot of steps to it. And then a lot of planning, a lot of planning. Yeah. 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 And, uh, you know, trying to figure out if you can actually make it pencil or not and yeah. how's it going to work long-term. Yeah. You, so what did you think going into that? Obviously it penciled out. You guys had a decent plan. What was your what was your uh, business plan? What did it look like? Um, it relied on your, your wife's job or are you working nonstop? Or? Yeah, well, yeah, a little bit. I mean, my dad helped us out quite a bit and he uh, he's only a couple miles from us, so he crop farms, so, you know, we share a lot of equipment. Right. I use his equipment, so... You know, we got a lot of help that way. Yeah. And I think that's how it works or what makes it work along with as long as, well, with the program as well, right? Right, yeah. Yeah. So combined. So the program here in Alberta is, or I guess it was, you bought 15 kgs and you got 15 for free for five years? That's how it started, yeah. Yeah. Because before we bought the the feedlot, we looked at getting into dairy then. And that's when the program was pretty fresh. Right. And then it, it didn't make sense. Okay, like it didn't with pencil the, with out. The 15 and the 15. And, you know, at the time, we, yeah, we just decided maybe we shouldn't. And then, you know, the program got better. Mm-hmm. And then it, yeah. So when did you start then? We started in March of 2019. Oh, okay. Yeah, so we're, whatever, two and a half years in now. Oh, nice. Yeah. For some reason, I thought you were... You'd been in it for longer, but. No, no. Huh. Uh, yeah, so that's really cool. A lot of planning goes into it, I know. Yeah, and then you got your, your interview in Edmonton. and. Yeah, that's right. So the Alberta Milk Board reviews potential yeah. uh, poten- or applicants to the program yeah. to see if you're, you know, you're going to be successful or. Yeah, and that was a. Pretty nerve-wracking day. That's right. Yeah, I remember that too. Yeah, because we had a you know a deal on the farm, but subject to getting approval in the entrant program. So okay, yeah. It was kind of like that day is where you find out if yeah it's going to happen or not. Yeah. Yeah, we we built the barn here, but we started before we got approved for the new entrant program. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so it was uh, it was pretty nerve-wracking. Yeah. Um, yeah, we had like, you know, a couple hundred grand into the barn ready. Yeah, and, and you don't know, I guess. It was going to be yeah. a, a really nice hay shed. 
you know, <laughs> yeah. if, if we didn't get approved on the new entry yeah. program, right? And, uh, yeah, a lot of planning went into it. We hired our own, um, uh, he's a ag economist. Okay. And he, he, he specializes in yeah. these types of new entrant programs and that sort of planning. Really smart guy, and he put together our... Yeah, we had a guy, too, to help oh, with, yeah. the, with the business plan. He put it together, and then, you know, the bank helped out a lot. Yeah. And then Yoss, uh, the, the owner of the farm, he helped, you know, with his numbers and how things, you know, costs are based on his farm, because that would be the right. most accurate, right? Cause yeah, because you were going to kind of take over that We took over, farm. yeah, yeah, yeah. So and then we, you already had experience kind of working in dairy for a long yeah, time, Yeah, I worked right? on that farm for, I think... I don't know, seven, eight years altogether. Hmm. So it's I I knew the farm inside out, so that was no surprise, right. I guess. Yeah. Now you know yeah. it even better now. Yeah. <laughs> well it's, you find out there's a difference between working there and actually <laughs> actually running it. Yep. Yep. There's a lot more involved. What was the first thing you noticed? Or maybe the, not the first thing the most uh something that stood out the most. Is yeah. Obviously the numbers, but like what to do. Like with after them. we took over? Yeah, yeah. Is, you know, fi- figuring everything out, trying to learn your your nutrition, trying to learn your genetics, trying to learn, you know, right. DHI, how that works. Like, I guess, you know, the managing part of it. Right, it's yeah. A, it's a lot more mental stress than physical stress, I guess. Sure, As yeah. working, it's all physical. Yep. A lot of it, but. Yeah, yeah, that's... uh that's important, yeah. I remember that too. Actually, it's yeah. It wasn't necessarily, uh, you know, it, it was a lot of figuring out how to manage. Yeah, it's unreal how and much you, know, you learn. There's a lot of money involved, and you don't want to make a mistake either. So <laughs> yeah, you, you got to, right. you know, second guess yourself all the time and make sure. You're... Oh yeah, I've I've failed more than I've succeeded. Yeah. Generally speaking, in life, and yeah. It's tough, right? It is. You look back, yeah. like I look back now on some of this stuff, and it's just like, oh, man, why did I do that? Yeah. <laughs> um, so what happened after you got approved for the new entry program? You guys started up right away, or how uh, did that Yeah, we were got approved, I think, in July or so of 2018. So then once we were approved, then we had to, whatever, you know, buy the farm, go through all the, that process. and. Right. And then we started in in March next year. Okay. And then you guys put robots in right away, or no? We waited. We put robots in October 2019. Okay, you waited it, uh, uh, a few months there. Yeah. You know, been working there a long time. I kind of knew everything worked and the things, the changes I wanted to make. Right. And uh, I didn't think it would happen then. It was supposed to wait a few years, but right. Penner has a good salesman. <laughs> yeah. yeah so we bought used robots they weren't new <laughs> and did that turn out or yeah they they you know they're used they got three hundred thousand milkings on them but what is that how many years uh they're from 2014 so okay they, they were they were five uh, years old five years then. old yeah. yeah and a threes they would have been a fours a fours okay yeah. but they went through them all and right you know they've been really good yeah. So, what did you see? What did the What did you rip out? Uh, like a what kind of parlor? Uh, we had a double eight. Okay. Herringbone. Yeah. Westphalia machines. What so was the main reason that you wanted to get rid of that? Uh, 
you know, cow health, I think, was the biggest thing. Okay. Because uh, we're, you know, higher production herds, so it was either, you know, robots or switched to three times a day milking. Right. It's, you know, you, you, I'd come to the barn after lunch, and you'd see way too many cows standing in the stalls, you know, full udders, yep. dripping milk. And I never liked that. And then we, you know, used to get a lot of mastitis trouble. And Okay. I think the cows were just... They didn't need, yeah, they got to get milk more. Yeah. And, uh, you know, three times a day is a whole nother challenge too. Yeah. Yeah. So. Somebody said, I'd like to milk three times a day, but I would not like to milk three times a day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, and then there's, you know, extra labor costs too again with yeah. three times a day milking. Or yeah. So did you guys, how many cows were you milking when you started up? We started with, yeah, 70. Okay. 70 cows. So you're leasing in right away? Um, some, yeah. Yeah, we've been right. leasing a little bit every month, pretty yeah. much. And then you always found a way to make it work type of thing with leasing? and. Yeah. Well, it doesn't always pay, but right. sometimes, well, yeah. Sometimes of the year it pays better than other times. Usually, of the year. yeah, if we get the incentive days, then you try to lease and yeah, right. fill your days. But I guess that, yeah, that didn't happen this year. So. No, yeah. That's quite something yeah but be behind the the reason for that is i think the way it's been explained to me is when you negotiate with processors they're not all on the same team right yeah so and they're they're kind of fighting against each other a bit so they're bidding on on milk or whatever like on receiving milk Mm -hmm. but they'll wait till the last second so that the competition doesn't swipe their milk type of thing but if they know they can't take it they're not you know they have no reason to tell us right away, right? right? Yeah, you know, it doesn't matter to them, right? I guess. So. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, this year they waited till the last second before they told us they didn't need, you know, didn't big shipments milk, yeah. of milk. But it so. would, uh, heads up would have been. Would've been heads nice. up would have been nice, right? Yeah. Usually we get a few months at least. Yeah. I remember, like five years ago, you know, you always got those incentive days, yeah. right? If they were planned, you got them. Yeah. But, uh, you know, we were, there was, I think I had seven call cows in the barn that had to go, but I just kept them around because of the incentive days. So Yeah, right. I mean, it was pretty easy to cut back a little bit. Yeah. Call those cows, but then, yeah, call price is not worth yep. much either. At the That's the challenge, right? Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, what do you do? You feed them in the crowd because feed's too expensive now too. So. Yep. Crazy. To, yeah. So how many acres do you guys farm still? Uh, with the with the dairy, we got a quarter, so that feeds the dairy. And then uh, this summer, I rented another quarter, okay, just for cash crop barley. Oh yeah, yeah. And, and then, you uh, put my, that into silage, or the or just sold the, it? the quarter we rented was just combined. Oh yeah, and then the home piece it's I got seventy acres of hay, and then the rest was barley. Okay, and then I got ryegrass underneath so okay it's under the barn irrigated yeah it's all irrigated or? yeah okay yeah. cool so then my dad has his own couple quarters that he farms so okay yeah, yeah. and what do you guys feed uh felt silage barley silage you know dry hay and then your supplement okay a little bit of timothy just for some roughage but yeah 
And do you guys raise your own heifers too then? Yeah. yeah. Okay. We keep everything. <clears throat> On that same farm that you guys took over? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And uh, what are you guys uh, breeding to these days? What what bulls are you using? Or? Um, a few bulls. We kind of go 50-50 between West Gen and Select. Oh, yeah. So I got to get some... I still got a few things in Miranda, some alligator, uh, fuel I just picked out, and Victor, Milano, you know. Huh. And how probably a few more in there, right? Yeah, I know. It's hard to When it comes to the, the last dose of semen, it just seems to sit in the tank and I never want to use it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. Yeah. Yeah, we're switching to half um, half Angus and half sexed. Okay. But we still have some conventional left in the yeah. tank and just stays in there forever right yeah well it's when i get down to the last dose i'm like well maybe there's a better cow for this dose. oh i see so yeah. then it just sits there for the waiting for the right cow and i just i never use it and yeah so I, how I just used a couple of weeks ago my last dose of shottle and that was like an old bull shot shottle oh and i think it's i don't know it's probably probably almost 10 year old semen by now okay yeah from the previous guy huh how, how much uh effort do you put into that like is, is that your main focus, or what do you figure? Yeah, I think it's important to put a lot of focus into it. Um, you know, we try to balance type and, but not lose milk at the same time. Right. So it, uh, yeah, it's what we kind of breed for here too. I'm not super into all that. I I trust my semen salesman to help me out as yeah. far as what to breed for. Um, but we basically go for for type. Yeah. And yeah, it's. I'm trying to get more into it. The first year, it was, I was just happy to get a cow pregnant. Yeah. I didn't yeah. care what it took, but yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, trying to use some higher fertility bulls and stuff. But now, things are better, and you know, we're on a roll. So right, you figure one problem yeah. out, you move on to the next, yeah. right? And uh, so yeah, I'm trying to focus more on it yet. I'm starting to use a little more sex semen. Okay. And, yeah. Uh, I always got some beef in the tank for, you know, I'll breed a cow three times. If I can't get her, I'll just throw beef in her. Unless it's your favorite cow. Yeah, I Every know. cow in the barn is probably a favorite cow, right? Yeah. They are. Every cow's, yeah. So with robots, how often do you walk through the barn type of thing? What's your What's uh, your day look like? We usually go to the barn at, you know, 530 in the morning, yeah. Okay. And then, uh, you know, two stalls. Grab a fetch cow or two, or whoever. Yeah. Wash down the robot rooms and feed calves, and then you know usually go back and back in by seven, seven thirty. Oh yeah. And then. Uh, and then golf all day. Golfing, yeah, and then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I haven't even made a golfing this year yet, but. Um. Then you got the feeding, and yeah, the rest of your chores. So. Right. And then you know summertime is busy with irrigation, field work. Right. Yeah. And your wife still works full time? No, no, we got well two kids at home, so she's oh nice home with them. But she helps out around the farm a lot. She's right. a big help. She does a lot of the like morning chores and stuff. And yeah, a lot of the pro action books is right. kind of her thing. So. Paperwork, yeah, yeah, which is not complaining about. Yeah, <laughs> right. Who wants to do paperwork? Yeah, not me. <laughs> it's I always try to save it for a rainy day, but. Yeah, we don't get much rain out here. Don't get much rain, so not a lot of paperwork gets done. (laughs) None this summer. Yeah. How did you guys' crops do this summer? Uh, Okay. I think from what I hear across the board, everybody's down. Right, even with irrigation? Even with irrigation, yeah. I think 20%. 
wow. down. It's just, you know, it's too hot for everything. Canola, barley, it, it just doesn't, uh, Yeah, it's not the same. We uh, So that quarter across the road, we put that in canola this year because we had twice as much barley silage last year. Yeah. We had a really good year last year and took a lot off there. So we figured, you know, we make some money this year, put canola in there, right? Yeah. No rain and, and no, no trash. We put manure on there last fall and then we had to cultivate some of it before we seeded canola, yeah. right? So there's no trash on that soil when we planted it. Right. So, and we planted uh, end of April or whatever, but yeah, just the baking sun on it. There's, there's no yeah. moisture left in that soil, right? No. So. Probably wasn't much of a crop. 1.9 bushels <laughs> per acre. <laughs> and we just went through the, the good part on, yeah. the, on the north side. And it was. Yeah, that's It was sad. terrible. Yeah. It, Basically everything went wrong. So you had enough feed from last year yet? Yeah, which was super handy. Yeah, because feed was cheap last year, type thing. But yeah, even the variety, like the the quarter right next to that one, they planted Liberty. Yeah, and it was, it looks great. I think it was like twenty some bushels breaker. With direct seeded, I guess. Yeah. yeah. So it had, uh, and yeah, lot, lots of trash on the soil. Yeah type of thing too to, to protect that moisture underneath right <laughs> so yeah it was quite disappointing yeah it's, it's been an interesting year yeah how did the quality kind of work out so did you guys put up any silage haylage you said right haylage and barley silage right. yeah yeah so we do we do it all ourselves we have all the equipment right with my dad and whatever chopper and stuff so uh quality wise it actually turned out really good this year yeah. You know, timing kind of worked out. and Makes sense, right? Yeah. The tonnage is down, quality should well, be yeah. up, right? Second cut hay was a little tough to get off. We bailed it, but with the smoke, it just, it's hard oh. to get dry. It just lays there. Yeah, it was very smoky. Yeah. But uh, I got my third cut off last week, and that turned out beautiful. So You bailed third cut, or? I bailed, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you, you always silage first cut? Usually, yeah. Usually, and then... We were going to silage second cut too, but there was quite a bit there, so we silage half and bailed the rest. Okay. And then uh, bailed third cut. And how'd your hay turn out? Good. Yeah, really good. Like the quality? Yeah. Yeah, third cut was beautiful. No rain. We had it up in four days or so. Yeah. Five days, I think it was. And relative feed value is 220. Nice. So 24% protein. It's, uh, yeah, it's good stuff. Wow, and it'd be you, nice to sell it because yeah, it's right. worth a lot. But I, yeah, I gotta keep it. So you gotta feed it. You gotta feed it. Yeah. Do you need to feed it? There's is there a situation where you'd sell it and buy lower quality or other I, components you're looking for? I don't know. I I know what this hay is. And the trucking yeah. wouldn't make the difference. Probably not. I mean, I guess a guy could, but you don't know what hay you're gonna get either. You don't know. You right. Know, yeah. The quality, I guess, or what field it came off of. Or, well, w I would argue if you grow it, you're not going to know what you get either, except for now, obviously, you know what you got. Yeah, but you know it's a clean field, right? Yeah, it, right. It could be, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I've had those loads of hay where you get them, you know, you go there and look at the hay, and it's really nice, and then you get halfway through unloading the load of hay, and this stuff looks a little bit yeah. different, right? <laughs> you know, yeah, you can get you know, some foxtail or whatever. In yeah. There and... and uh, you know, different weeds or whatever. But, mm -hmm. 
So uh, what is your uh, goal for the next five, ten years? What does that look like? Another um, robot or? Sorry? Another robot? Another like robot? No. Golf? No. Maybe some more golf. Probably not. It, uh, yeah, just keep, you know, building your herd and paying down debt. Yeah. To working on the farm. And what are some uh, management type goals within the herd? What do you kind of look forward to? Better cows or better cows, yeah. Call rate going down or whatever. Of course, I think that's yeah. everybody's goal, I guess. But uh, just better farming all all around. Better farming, yeah. <laughs> I guess it just hopefully better weather. You keep learning and you keep uh, trying to be better, I guess. Yeah, yeah. That's always fun. It's fun part about farming, right? Yeah. You're always kind of adapting and trying to make things better. And yeah. Around here, it often is in the form of pouring money into the farm to build build stuff. And yeah, I know. Like every year, we try to you know make some improvements around the farm or something. Right. Try to keep it up because better corrals or yeah. whatever. You know, last year we did. Uh, well, the first year with robots, of course. And last year we did a uh, silage pits. Oh yeah. So because we we bagged one year, but it's expensive. Yeah, it is expensive. Yeah. I I would argue it's probably worth it but silage pits is nice too like, yeah are well, you talking we, about concrete bunks like we did uh rcc so my brother does subterranean excavating does that roller compact concrete oh the so fly ash, fly ash oh, okay mix, whatever so we did a, a pad of that and then we did lego blocks okay you know two lego blocks high so five feet and then 30 feet wide huh two, two pits interesting and then we just spray foam the cracks and stuff to seal it up on the inside or yeah. there's gonna be silage on both sides i guess uh yeah it's two pits so there's a middle wall and then right outside walls huh and so, what do you think about that fly ash is that gonna hold up or i think so yeah i really like that stuff it's not like when it rains it it disappears type thing right no it's concrete it's it is concrete it is yeah i mean it's not you can't do as, you know, you can't level it and travel like concrete, but it's, right. I think there's concrete powder in there. I know, I'm not sure exactly what it is, but it's as hard as concrete. It looks like concrete. Yeah, I've seen a and few uh, feedlot guys yeah. that pour their, uh, their bunk pads or whatever, that yeah. 10 feet behind the bunk, they do that, that stuff. And it's, uh, well, it's half price of concrete. So. Right, yeah. <clears throat> and I think there's better availability too, right? Like you can kind of get it trucked in pretty cheap. Yeah, so you, they hold in a tandem tandem trucks huh. and they dump it down and then you know push it out pack it down with a packer and right it. yeah you level it and just pack it and it's good yeah, to go type yeah. Thing. And, you know keep, kind of keep it wet for a couple of days so it can cure and huh. you're good to go interesting but it, it i guess it has a shorter lifespan than concrete type thing or i don't know we'll see we'll see yeah <laughs> yeah I mean, there's no rebar in it, I guess. So right. I mean, it can crack, but it, I think your biggest thing is you got to have a good base. Yeah. And uh, they pour it seven or eight inches thick. So oh, really? It's thick. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. But in our um, world, it's all about the, the cash flow, right? Like, if you can keep your costs down, like, yeah, you know, that's going to help you go for another year type of thing. And well, it's, you know, it with the cost of Lego blocks and pouring a pit, I figure it's a two-year payoff over bagging. Is that right? I think so. Huh. And what about the quality of your silage, though? That's good. 
<laughs> That's what you hope for, eh? Well, you know, there's you can argue it both ways. Yeah. I think a bag seals it maybe a little better, a little pad, a little tighter. But I think a pile is a lot more consistent. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, because in my bag now you get parts of the field, right? A yeah. will dump yeah. in there, and you get, um, you know, maybe a two-acre piece of that field right in that spot. Yeah. So you're feeding that for a couple you, of days. You get low spots, and you get some wet silage and dry stuff. And yeah. You know, in a pit, it's spread everywhere evenly. That's true. Yeah. And. Uh, and I still have mold in my bag too. Like. Okay. Yeah. You do get uh, like, if it's not packed properly, probably there's I don't know what the cause is, but you get mold balls sometimes. Not very yeah. often. But. In the first year I had that too in my barley. There was a, well we, like three days after we finished, we had a hailstorm come through, and oh, there yeah. was my bag was covered in pinholes. Oh no. With hail, yeah. So we spent like a day out there with a slow cone gun. Oh yeah. And we just you know went over the whole top of the bag, and it was good feed, but there was just little pockets of mold everywhere but shoot uh, i'm just coming up to on the bag i'm just coming up to a place where it, it split yeah like there's a huge crack in there so i'm sure i got a lot of mold yeah. to work around that'll be interesting and we've had mice before too that they actually under the snow oh really ate their way into the bag huh so the whole bottom of the bag was just holes okay I've had it in the winter where the, there's always a big drift on the one side, so then yeah. you have all sorts of wildlife running on top of the bag, right? Yeah. I've had a few holes from that, but just the the size we are at right now, feeding like 40, 50 cows, yeah. it's been pretty handy to just feed, I feed 10 inches out of that bag every day type yeah. of thing. I don't know if I could handle a bigger face of silage, right? Yeah. So that, I, that might be a concern for you concern. guys too, but... Well, we, yeah, the young stock and everything, too. And, right. Um, we feed from the north side, so it's kind of always in the shade, and that seems to help. Right, and you can still have a smaller face, just a yeah. longer pile yeah. or whatever. It, uh, and I'm always try to feed last year's feed, I guess, so it has the winter to... Right. You know. Cure and... Cure and... Yeah. I think if you got to feed fresh silage, then it becomes a real issue with feet trying to keep it cold oh i see not heating up right huh because with uh, this summer we hadn't had any issues with hot silage yeah okay yeah. huh and what's your uh what's your goal with feeding like is that kind of what you want to be feeding or you want to be feeding different forages or uh, i might try some corn silage next year i haven't decided yet oh yeah is there some next to you or something? Well, we got the, the our own land we can grow it on. Oh, you're going to grow your own? Okay. Yeah, yeah. We'd maybe try it. I, I don't know if it's worth it, but... And then uh, I did ryegrass for the first time this year. Okay. Under the barley, so we'll see how that turns out. So when will that be ready? Whenever it's done growing in the frost, I, think, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, I think. I don't know. So I'm, you seeded it this spring? Seeded the spring under the barley. Oh, I see. Size the barley. And then, yeah. Oh. Because it's a perennial, it, you can do yeah. it this fall then? or It's an annual. Ryegrasses? Yeah. Okay. Uh, the Italian ryegrass we, we grew is. Okay. I think. But, uh, so it, it came, it grew through the barley, I guess. And then you size the barley and then it comes back again. Oh, okay. And then when are you going to chop it? Uh, they say, yeah, I, I don't know. 
but as soon as the frost hits, I guess. It's oh, the, like, oh this like fall. Okay. Just, yeah, this fall. Oh, okay. So you, you let it grow as long as, as long as you can. Huh. I've never grown it before, so I don't really know how it's going to go. But <laughs> Fun. But I've heard it can take up to minus 7 frost before it dies. So. Right, okay. Yeah. Pretty hardy, I guess. That's interesting. There's all sorts of stuff you can do with irrigation. <laughs> yeah, well. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, irrigation is nice, but it comes with its own work, too. <laughs> so where are you pulling water out of Iron Springs? Uh, it's that St. Mary's. Mary's, yeah. Okay. It comes out of Keogh. It comes out of Keogh? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that doesn't come out of St. Mary's. Oh, St. Mary's Reservoir flows into it, Keogh, too? No, okay, maybe it's not. It comes from Keogh. Yeah. Oh, so maybe not St. Mary's. Maybe not St. Mary's, no. I don't know why I'm thinking St. Mary's. <laughs> huh. It's the whatever, LNIB. Yeah. That beautiful, beautiful Keo Lake. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, huh. uh, this spring we were going to be, you know, cut back water, that's what they said, and then later on they gave us a couple more inches, so. Huh. It worked out okay. Yeah, so you're kind of at their mercy a bit. Well, well, they, yeah, I guess. Right. They're they started out with you know twelve inches we were allowed to have for the year. Okay. Per quarter. Yeah. And then they uh, bumped it up to seventeen. Huh. Later in the summer, so. Huh. Cool. Well, uh, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Yeah, That's no problem. Good. Thanks for having me. It's always interesting to find out people's story and how they started. And yeah, I think I think you probably told me all this like when I first met you a couple years ago. But in that uh, red deer there, yeah, we did that, uh, <laughs> whatever it was. Did we do a course or something? There was that uh, next generation. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Thing we did at the Those things are fun. Yeah. It was good to meet new people and stuff. So, but yeah, thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Faraway Farm Boy podcast, episode number 45 with James Brillman. If you like this podcast, you may like the Dairy Farming Discussions podcast with Keith Schweitzer. This podcast has been made possible by Chinook Dairy Service. Did you know that Chinook Dairy Service can fine-tune and optimize the performance of all brands of milking equipment? Call Chinook Dairy for a free milking system evaluation today. Join me again next time on the Faraway Farm Boy podcast.